Restless eyes close Maybe it'll go away Please rest tomorrow Bring a satisfying day everyone this is another episode of that record got me hi i'm your host rob elba it's wonderful having you all here with me and this is exciting because who is my guest today but i have another a podcaster as a guest and i'm definitely a fan of his podcast he uh he's the host of the ultimate music podcast discography i'd like to welcome to the show dave gebro welcome to the show dave I already am completely head over heels in love with you because you got the name of the podcast enunciated correctly. And my, <laughs> somehow you hit both of them, and that's like a trifecta. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah so, Dave, I'm just going to get this out of the way, Dave, first and foremost. And I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like you're like nuts. You're crazy. You you can't be like a normal person. I'm not. I really am not. I, I'm running <laughs> I'm running for myself. I have, uh, you know, the hellhound on my trail. Because not, I'm, I'm going to say not because you, you know, whatever, you you quit your job and you went full on into a podcast, but just the fact that you do uh, discography, you do like three, at least three episodes a week. Dave, yeah. I do one episode a week and I just about kill myself. I'm just, I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. near death, I feel like every week. <laughs> I, you know, it's weird. I, I, I'm sure at some level you can relate. I'm sure there's nothing wildly fantastical about any of this to you. How long have you been doing the show? Uh, five over five years. I'm getting close to six years. Okay, okay. So it's been um, two years and twenty eight days, and um, it it for me took off like a rocket internally way before there was actually an audience to right, reflect right, right. and i and and i totally um you know externally it looks like i probably flipped my lid but <laughs> what what really happened was i saw externally that their confirmation especially during the series where bob nastanovich was rating uh, everything pavement ever did yeah yeah during great, that time i had a i had a massive flood of audience and i you know ditched my career i had the ultimate chance in my career to have you know um the the best possible circumstances and i literally just I, I just walked away from it and um, went full throttle with trying to develop the Patreon. And now, you know, it's actually taking another twist where next, starting this Friday, uh, the taping right now is Wednesday, November 29th. So uh, December 1st, I'm going to be offering 
director's cut ad ad free version of the week previous to what's being offered so uh, anyone on patreon will be always be a week ahead of time with a long longer sometimes significantly longer by as much as two hours longer version like the ultimate director's cut of the interview uh without any ads so it's an alternate world now patreon you can join for free so now i'm doing all this shit to develop a real community and a guy in patreon is doing a separate podcast by and for patreons a separate one that's going to be on sundays that's going to be offered at the five dollars here now called the Discography Soldiers of Sound podcast. Right, so right. It, I heard you talking about it. developing that. into a world, <laughs> like a whole fucking <laughs> ecosystem onto itself. It is, and- but not, but to be clear, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're nuts crazy for, for doing it, for ditching your job doing it. I'm just saying the, the actual work of putting all this out is like, I don't know how you do it. I can't wrap my head but around it's, it. It's all I do. I'm, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission uh-huh. because here's why if i had to boil it down and get freudian and i you know i was a psychiatrist and i boiled down my notes cliff note style is basically you know all this medical stuff that happened to me i have to like hurry up and leave a mark and make sure it's traceable by my four-year-old so you can know oh, everything <laughs> about me and my life is like distributed throughout these episodes right. deeply personal not just about music uh and you know you can tell if you listen to it there's the imprimatur of somebody who was deeply affected by music like you yes yes well no you're more dumb let's let's not compare each other because i feel like you're not <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean i like music okay but <laughs> i want to also make it clear that you kind of gave me carte blanche right yeah, yeah, no, no, sure. This right. show, yeah, so I, mean, I, I, I don't have rules. There's a billion though. records I could have picked. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like my taste was under a harsh spotlight. So I was kind of given the football and I picked this. And let's be clear, this record sounds like it was literally dragged through feces right yeah yeah definitely which which is a part of its charm and everything which we'll definitely we'll talk about but all right go ahead you're kind of spilling the beans so go ahead let's uh, announce first no, 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 what, it's okay i'll pull back now no no go ahead announce i, no, I want like you to whatever. say now because i'm curious what you're going to say i'm curious what you're going to say the name of the band is listen so when what, i first uh, discovered masturbation i used to like <laughs> go up to the cliff and then stop and then go off to the cliff and right, then we stop. don't I, I don't think this see now we're veering <laughs> up i don't think we need to go in this direction but tell I me what we do go in this direction. <laughs> what's the act and what's the band that we're talking about? Okay, so the act is Sebado and the album is Weed Forestin. There you go. Now you said Sebado, but actually you could say what? Well, it's you could say Lou Barlow, but... No, but you could say Centrido. Centrido. Yeah, Centrido. yeah you could say a number of things. Right, right, right. But, you know, just like anyone is uncomfortable in their own skin, there's 17 aliases. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but you. But I'm assuming your age. I could tell. I know you're younger than me. You're a little younger than me. So I'm assuming when you came across this. How old are you? I don't like to give out my age. No, I'm. Oh, but you're not a lady. Sorry, 60. lady. No, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, sixty. I, I just turned sixty. Are you really? I you know. don't look sixty. Thank you look. You, very you look much. well kept, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, ten would smash, as the kids say. <laughs> but yeah, you're a Gen, a Gen Xer, so uh, I'm a Gen X. For I, sure. I, I knew so that. okay, so yeah, so that and that. By the way, that is very, very crucial to understand. Usually, the designation is almost insulting. Like, what do you mean? That has nothing to do with why. La- but I'll tell you one thing: when it comes to certain acts, uh, specifically pavement, 
and Lou Barlow, there's a loser mythology where being a loser means winning. Right. And there's a, you know, a slack mythos, which, you know, is, I try, you know, I'm kind of eager to understand as a guy with ambition who also was able to connect with that with that end of things, it still is interesting to me at this age to examine it with these people who were entrenched in it now that we're, you know, on this side of things. Right. But and but also I'm gonna say when you when you got exposed to this, it was already Sebado. You you knew it as Sebado because in ninety uh, they released it uh, again under Sell. Like he first Lou Barlow made this as a tape and made like a hundred of them and, and you know sold a hundred and fifty something. Well, also so let me is it okay if I, I talk first about my yes, you know my own relationship because I want to give it context <laughs> or else we're just a couple of geeks jerking off into a black hole. Honestly, well we are is, you know. But, Ultimately, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, yeah, maybe that's that is it. the nitty gritty. But if we contextualize it, <laughs> yeah, then it. we can put a, an individual, th- it, you know, our own relationship to it might elevate it out of that kind of status. Right, so, well, uh, good luck. I'll give it. I'm going to give it my college try, which <laughs> yeah. is, by the way, where it began. So, when I initially crossed paths with this record, it didn't flower like like it, you know, wound up doing for me. But uh, I initially heard it somewhere around uh, junior year of college. And I, it was the first apartment I was living in by myself. It was a harsh Boston winter. And I would race home to my apartment after a day of class. It would be so cold. I would throw the heat on. And <clears throat> nine times out of 10, I would be throwing on Weed Forreston. Oh, uh, okay. Now, wh- what year is this? This is um, um, this is approximately uh, December '92. Oh, okay, okay. When this all begins, right? So this is all actually happening right at the same time when I'm beginning film classes, and I'm a filmmaker. So this is, in essence, the beginning not of my creative life, but of my uh, like the sort of flowering of my professional creative life, I guess. Right whatever the fuck you want to call it. I, I don't know. But it was a turning point regardless. And um, something about the warmth, the emotional warmth that the record gave off was uh, something about that coupled with the intense heat of the radiator that I had. Right. It, it it got me through the Boston winters. Oh, okay. um, at least okay. that winter okay. for sure. And the record has been something I've been super close to for a long time. The idea of kind of using because a lot of the guys who were entrenched in the lo-fi in the lo-fi movement at the time they weren't necessarily trying to make the tape sound shitty they were trying to almost elevate the format right like Olivia tremor control transcended the format etc These guys, I mean, Sebado was like making it sound as bad as possible sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, and and also it, it's it's a matter of just the songs always went out in the end. At, at, at the end, no matter how things are recorded, no matter how it is, the the song, a great song is a great song, and it's going to win out. And you could tell, they, you know, a lot of it, I think, is just wanting to get. Sh- something down and not worrying about getting it perfect or finishing it or even making it a complete song maybe it's just like a fragment but just getting it on tape and yeah that that whole thing when you yeah, but that but 
I gotta, I gotta say that notion. Yeah. That's what drives me crazy about it because oh, there's. Really? Certain, yeah. No. 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 But here's why. Because there's certain aspects of this record. Now, keep in mind, I've heard this. I've heard this record hundreds of times. Right. Right. I've same. Inordinate amount of times, and yeah, I heard it several times just today. And like, for example, there's one song called "More Simple." It's one of my favorite songs on the record. Yep. And it's recorded what sat on. What well, sounds like a screened in porch and you can hear birds. You yes. can hear one <laughs> twittering bird at the beginning. Yeah. Now when you talk about it not being perfect because of quote unquote, you know, imperfections like that, to me the song without that bird wouldn't work. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's where I kind of get stuck on the idea of perfection is to me these songs are not demos they're finished versions of these songs yeah yeah but i think a lot of that has to do with just you at the time that that's one thing that's what i was going to ask you about this whole thing because also I, I just to back up a little i discovered this 90 and it was turned on to me by someone else i remember my friend uh rat bastard uh, uh who i mentioned all the time on on the uh on the podcast but he gave me this uh, cassette in 90 and he said you gotta listen to this this is the this is the fucking greatest band ever and it's like at first i'm like what the fuck is this but then of course yeah it, it like gets under your skin but I'm wondering if it's also a part of it. It's because you heard this at that time at a certain time. This is when you heard it and got it. So of course you're going to th say these are the best yes and no. ways the songs are. I, I'm going to agree and disagree. Here's why the, the melodies on this record. And to me more so a lot of people really go crazy over the Freedman, And to some people, it seems like more people, they go after Freedman. Right. One can stop it all from crashing down to shit Push to feel something more than just the sound of it Time, time is the magic truth of story Sometimes magic is so very, very boring What I really connect with on Weed Forestin is the abundance of heartbreakingly affecting melody there's so much good melody. It's obscenely scattered all over it. And just like Robert Pollard at the time, there's no excessive going back to the chorus over right, and over. Right, right, right. So you're always left wanting more. At the end, I'm always hungry to listen to it again, like a good Chinese meal. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, these, they are song fragments, but they are to me the crystallized and perfect versions of those songs too. Right. And, and, right. He went back just like Pollard and did the full band versions of some of these songs. Zero of them are as good as, as these. Well, here, so here's another thing that's uh, actually, you know, before we continue talking about Lou Barlow. So when the podcast started, I reached out to Lou and, you know, I, I was like, you got to do the show. I'm a huge fan. I love Weed Forest and... And we became friends because he uses Weed Forestin as a gauge for people he becomes friends with. Oh, okay. And because he knows it's like a secret handshake, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you know what I mean, like the oh, I full do totally because when you I'll yeah. be I'll be honest when when you first said that was what you're doing, I was like Huh, really? Okay, that's weird that he picked that one. And then I swear, I, I like, you know, like a week or so ago, I said, oh, I, I guess I got to start listening to it. And I'm listening to it, and I go, oh, fuck, I know all these songs because I forgot at the time, like in the 90s, I listened to this all the time. But then I kind of put it on a shelf and forgot all about it. And then I realized yeah. I know everything on this, you know, I, I like knew it all. 
So, so I'm here trying to desperately, uh, you know, legitimize the decisions I've made as a fully <laughs> as a fully grown ass adult, and uh, you know, being you know, putting all my chips in. And one of the you know brilliant late night ideas I came up uh, uh, that I came up with is to you know, Metal Machine music by Lou Reed. Of course. Okay, so are you a fan or do you just... No, I, I'm not a fan. Okay. I'm not a fan. And okay. if anyone, and by the way, if anyone just picks that as an album, that's going to be uh, no from me. <laughs> I lo- okay, I love that album. Do you? I legitimately, I, I, I have tons of stories, tons of reasons why I think okay. it's great. But but the album itself is not the is not why I'm bringing it up. So I always, for years, I've had this idea for like a Hal Wilner-esque like a Hal Wilner compilation called Metal Machine Muzak. And the idea being that, you know, Lou was, the last thing he ever did was these, these ambient works that were supposed to soundtrack his Tai Chi movements. Oh, right, right, right. And so a guy who's capable of this thing is also capable of that thing. And that got me thinking. And I thought, well, what if you brought together four acts? Each one has 16 minutes and one second, just like Metal Machine music. And they can interpret it however they want, using noise as a meditative possibility, as you know, wherever you want to take that. And somehow, over the course of several months, I made it happen. And the curse of the, you know, as a way to uh, keep the podcast afloat. And you know, it's what's crazy is compilations. The number one th- attribute of all compilations is that there's one good act. Everyone else fucking blows. <laughs> right. And this time out, so the four acts are Lou Barlow, Will Hart from uh, Olivia Tremor Control. Oh, wow. The, the songwriting genius behind Tusca Cubist Castle. Corey Hansen from Wand, who we just had an episode yes, about. Yes. And is, and Mark Robinson from Unrest in Air Miami. Oh, wow. Uh, who's already done with his. So it's all going to be complete by the uh, by the end of this year. And up on our Patreon for sale. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Look at you. Well, that's yeah. awesome. I'm still, yeah, I still not, I don't know. I said that I was kind of harsh when saying that I wouldn't do metal machine music. If someone picked it, maybe, I guess it depends who it is, but I guess we could do it fun. I could find a way to make it fun, whatever, but yeah, no. It's just, well, you, know. you could see that as just a totem, as something that right. represents something. Yeah, or you yeah, could see yeah. it as what it is. I mean, there's a million ways to look at that thing. Right, right. But It's, just, it's a yeah. Rorschach test. Yeah, it's just not anything I would just put on. Like, like this, obviously, is something I would put on and listen to, but that's not something I would just put on and listen to for fun you know, for, for fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, what it does is create, uh, it creates a literal brain chemistry change. Yeah. 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 It, it, it shifts things up there. It gives me, and I'm, I, I'm talking about a few, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always shifting in a, in a good direction. Right. 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 <laughs> I've been up yeah. the way I look at it. That's why I don't watch uh, a disturbing thing. Like people tell me, oh, that just shows great. It's disturbing. It's like, I don't want to watch it because I feel like life is a uh, disturb. The world's disturbing enough. I don't want to add uh, disturbing things to my life, you know? So I'm, I'm, it's I feel funny because like <laughs> yeah, I've made, you know, I'm a, basically a horror filmmaker and, uh, you know, and, and my, the only show I'm watching right now is The Curse which is the Softy brothers and uh, Nathan Fielder who have a monopoly on discomfort. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> well, I yeah, I kind of like I I like him. I like Nathan Field, but he does also make me feel a little. But, but that's not the kind of thing. That's not the kind of disturbing. That, that that I'll watch something like that. I'll watch. That's not yeah, the kind yeah. of disturbing thing. But uh, I don't know. All right, let's get <laughs> let's get into this. So no, but we- this is this is disturbing too. This record. <laughs> No, it really is. Well, so it, it, it is, and especially for some people, like it's funny. Yeah, like us, we listen to him, and obviously, yeah, this is fucking great. We love it. But you know, there are people you'd play this for, and they go, "What the fuck is this? Is horrible?" You know, they there's just, a lot. Listen, there's a lot of songs about um, you know teenage angst, but in a direction of smoking too much weed and masturbating several times a day, <laughs> yeah. and not and compulsively, and not being able to stop, and in a painful way, like almost, you know, some of the masturbating uh, some the masturbation songs that he's written some of them are on this some of them are on uh, other right. releases <laughs> and and it, it there's the air of having enacted infidelity on a loved one and it's and there's a painful almost like a heartbreaking element to it yes where yes, it's like right. this guy is like beating the shit out of himself for some relatively minor infractions yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, and that is, and that goes all through here too. There are there, there's some real like yeah, angst and and pain going on in these songs. Uh, you're right, and it's so funny. What other great? I mean, Lou, Lou Barlow, he's so great, such a great songwriter. But you could say one of his many masturbation songs. Like yeah, it's not just yeah, it's yeah. Just right one. I, but but also, I can tell you my favorite Lou Barlow masturbation song. <laughs> it's it's not on this. I'm going to sing it for you because I can't remember the name. That's right. I was unfaithful today. Oh, right, right, right. Had a lock-in booth at the adult video arcade. I watched the women scream. Men that bucked like dogs in heat. I squeezed my bitter sperm onto the floor. There you go. That's wow, that, that's get. scary. That just off the top of your head, you had all that. You had all that. But 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 I I mean I've heard his his records. It has less to do with jerk, jerking off and more to do with Lou Barlow. Right. Uh, right. Some of the material. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. So let's get so uh, so what I had Dave do because there I mean there are uh, there are 23 tracks on this thing. So I do I'm, I'm I couldn't play clips of all 23 just because I, I just uh, that's not the scope of the show. So I had him pick. I said we'll pick you know 12 of your favorites and he did that. So we're going to go through that and uh the first one that you picked is the second song on the tape let's listen to a little bit of new worship there's a lie we've been living through think you're all alone it's not quite true no one cares Ha, 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 ha. 
Okay, so I, I have to say, on the fade, uh, what he's saying is, all my friends are killing me, they think I'm a genius. So one of the key thematic motifs of Lou's early career is this genius persecution complex that I think it was a paranoid fantasy where he felt like he was shouldering some kind of burden for being a creative genius just because he was using the four track as a psychiatrist couch, which right. yes, is totally revolutionary, but I think he was just being totally sen oversensitive. Right, right, right. <laughs> But the wow. genius stuff, all the genius stuff, because there's a song called Mr. Genius Eyes. There are yep. these spoken word monologues that are really sound crazy, like like Sid Barrett crazy. Yes, yes. Are all part of the fabric that ties this record together. It's a crucial element of it because this kid is suffering, but he's using this tape to be able, as a buoy, to be able to get through the stuff. The, the honesty is... You know, to put yourself out there like that. Who the fuck has the guts to do that? Yeah, yeah, that's really true. And and the more, you know, as I'm going over it and I really uh, um, reading the lyrics and digging into it, it's not, you know, there's one thing to someone to just do songs as a goof and just sort of make it a goof, but there's not, this is not that at all. Like you said, there's, there's real, there's real emotions and real things uh, going on here that is like yeah. heavy. It's like really heavy. And also Lou has told me, and by the way, I did uh, try to annoy him and reach out to him today to ask him for some kind of uh, something I could actually de deliver as a totem uh, to this episode, but right. it, I wasn't able to get in touch with him. That's fine. That's but, all right. I don't like, honestly, right. if, if, I always say, I don't, I, I don't need to hear when I'm talking about someone's music. I don't need to hear from the person that made it because they're usually wrong with whatever they say anyway. <laughs> yeah. But dude, that's what's the magic. Part of the magic of my show is, is that exactly. Oh, okay. Is, well, cause I, what I do is I spend enough time with the artist that I break them down to where, or at least I try to, I try to break them down just by dint of, you ever see the movie They Shoot Horses, don't they? Yes, yes, oh yeah. So just, you do something long enough, people are going to add it of exhaustion, just give in. Oh, right, okay, yeah, because you have to do that because, yeah, usually they sort of have this idea of what they think, even what, what songs are about, they like built up this thing of what it's about, but no, that's wrong, that's not it, but yeah, you're right, I guess you're right, I guess you have to sort but of- But the wild thing is, I, I, I know more than them, but right, because- yes. No, the, the so for example, I'm a uh, next week. Um, it's going to be one of my dreams. I'm going to interview Michelle Phillips, and she's going to rate along with me every last thing the Mamas and Papas ever did. Oh wow! And to me, this is a dream come true. I'm a huge fan, and I'm gonna know the stuff better than her because. You know, almost like eight hours a day, every single day, I've been immersing myself, researching, listening, right, right, making right. notes. I mean, she's going to be like a student of mine. That's what it feels like. <laughs> All right. Strap in, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, by, by the way, I want to say before we proceed, yeah. if you are a Lou Barlow fan, and it's one of the reasons why you're tuning in, Lou uh, was on the show for three episodes um discography he's on uh, episodes 59 and 60 rating the entirety of the zombies output oh yeah and then right, that's right. episode 62 uh quite importantly it's called unquestionably the greatest lou barlow interview of all time and it is just listen to it. It's episode sixty-two. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So the next, uh, the next one Dave picked. Uh, so we'll let's do. We'll talk about it a little. Is uh, my own religion. 
got this in college when you first got it is this something you discovered or did someone uh, turn you on to this that is a good question i don't remember and it's funny i i actually discovered them right at the fulcrum point where they were tipping over into being basically just an electric band right 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 where, where, where the songwriting was democratic even though you know i mean no one was really buying them the records for the other guy's songs. Ah, that's not. No one, <laughs> no harsh. one, I, no one that I knew was buying them for. I would tell Lou that too. No, nobody I knew, when I would get the Electrified, the the Sebado records, I would either skip through to the Lou songs or just pull them off on a mixtape. Because you know, I mean, to be fair, I came at it being a Lou fan. I'm right, listening right. to all these, you know these early songs and look i'm a student of music history i see what happens when bands mistakenly become democratic you're aware of it right right yeah. right yeah it's true let's, let's it's look at bad thing. finger yeah, fucking no, bad finger thing yeah everyone was writing songs in bad finger what a fucking shame with <laughs> bait with pete ham in the band right. a glaring genius the you know the beatles deservedly it was spread around but a lot of these a lot of these bands to keep the peace yeah. which is a business move everyone's writing let the bass player get a song on too yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you've been in you've been in a bunch of bands i could tell by yeah, your yeah, attitude. yeah 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 oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i'm usually the main yeah i was always usually the main guy and uh yeah i, I wouldn't put up with that shit but uh <laughs> yeah it's tough it, it, it is tough. it is tough yeah there's rare there's there's rare exceptions where bands where everyone sort of contributes and it and it's good but uh yeah it, it is more the rare thing were you a, a dinosaur a junior fan like uh huge or, yeah okay you were huge but i was a sebado fan first oh okay, it took a, okay it took a little bit and then when it clicked for me with with dino it would just stayed clicked i mean i was a huge fan forever after that right all right, so the next one uh, they picked is uh, the sixth one. Let's listen to a little bit of More Simple. They're quite more simple than you. They don't see half that you do. You're walking on clouds way up high. Life has been cut cold in your mind. Guessing suspicious, not true Not aware not to care like you You skip leaps of 
so great. So there's that melody you were talking about, that like beautiful melody. And we should mention Eric Agapney too, because he does some, even though this is, you know, uh, Lou Barlow, basically Lou Barlow, but Eric Gaffney does uh, a percussion and he is doing the percussion on this one here. And I will say also that when the, when they did become electrified and Gaffney was in the band, his music was great. Oh, yeah. I loved yeah, so in the during the like the bubble and scrape era, his songs were fucking lunatic and they were actually helping to frame loose songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you're saying this is how you want this song. You you the way that this song is presented right here, this is your song. You don't care. You don't want to hear someone do a cleaned up like <laughs> version of Did this you hear song. did you hear the bird? Yes. So of you can course. hear yeah. <laughs> so you hear the bird, plus you hear a fucking phone ringing right. and uh, to me that's a melodic it's a, an expected component just like when you i haven't had a fucking big mac in 10 years but i remember when you bite into it you expect the crispiness of those diced onions in every bite you expect that uh, and if you good, don't uh, have it analogy it's very that's good I, I, haven't why. E- I haven't either but i know exactly what you're talking about and i haven't had probably yeah. 20 years <laughs> yeah, oh really yeah so december 5th will be 10 years since i've eaten fast food or had what i call recreational sugar oh okay oh wow okay yeah uh well that's probably how you're able to do all these goddamn podcasts uh, that well no what helps. about you 20 years what's <laughs> the story there yeah, no, I just, uh, well, like I said, I'm older, but I just, yeah, at some point, I, 40, I turned 40, I said, you know what, junk food, I'm, I'm not, uh, like fast food, I'm, I'm not going to eat fast food anymore. And I, Okay, I so was it a problem for you? It was, I, it was. I would okay. go to just do stops at McDonald's and, and yeah, just buy a bunch of burgers and, and yeah, uh, like for no reason, like in between lunch and dinner and stuff, yeah. it was. Tell me, so you want to hear, so you want to trade some really gross <laughs> shit stories okay. or, or, or are you like frantically wanting to buy past this topic no right no now. no no. do it do it I'm, I okay it. so so basically so um in 2009 around that time for several years i had been long distance running i had done three marathons i got to la and a deal to make a film had fallen apart and i was feeling very depressed um and you know wasn't doing drugs or drinking so uh i started eating oh. but eating like like Robert De Niro preparing for Raging Bull. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what What happened was in four months, I gained 50 pounds. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I had a routine on the days that I did eat and that I did kind of seek oblivion through food. That was like so grotesque. Wow, that's, there's, that's dark. It was, yeah, it's dark because, you know, with, with uh, substances, there's war stories that are spectacular. You come back from the brink and everyone's at the edge of their seats, but there's nothing like that with food. No, with food, no, it's just, it's just gross. <laughs> it's just a bunch of farts. Oh my That's God. it. Yeah, it's a fucking bunch <laughs> well, of I'm farts. I'm glad you made it past that to the other side of that. Uh, Me too. Me too. You. That was a horrifying period. <laughs> and I could, I could tell the discomfort it's producing because you're not giving me a story back. No, no, well, no, I don't, I've never, I, I never got to the I point. I know you it. got those stories. I know you got them. <laughs> I was going, I would have, if I had gone, like when I, like I said, I, I could have gone that way, but I didn't, you know, I stopped. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you didn't pick uh, Jealous of Jesus, but I just want to mention, just because I, I, I love, that's so funny, it's a great, because it does show off uh, his sense of humor, that he does have a wicked sense of humor, and that's this song about being jealous of Jesus, because he gets, uh, everybody yeah. wants to dance with Jesus, and no one wants to dance with me, I mean, I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, it's not that I'm not picking it. I mean, I, you know, you, you said No, no, pick. I know. You have to, yeah. It's like... I, I would pick everything choice, on it. Yeah. <laughs> really, I just... In listening to it today, it's just at a certain point, I was making notes about each song, and then I just, I just started cutting and pasting the word masterpiece. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, you know, but all right, but the, uh, but Mr. Genius Eyes, of course, had to be has to be on a uh, on a special list in this thing because because uh, uh, yeah, I I just love this song. It starts out pretty sweet, but then uh, but then uh, it gets a little unsettling. I feel like by the end, but let's listen to a little bit of Mr. Genius Eyes. One of the most beautiful melodies ever. Yes. Rest now, Mr. Genius Eyes. Your work has all been done. Speaking special riddles, standing, pointing at the sun behind you. There is no way around you. I wish I'd never found you. The bitter, gifted girl, look at what she's done. Making fun of boys on the other side of the sun. I'm here to be used. Try to. Yeah, just those lyrics, a, a bitter, gifted girl, look at what she's done, making fun of boys on the other side of the sun. I'm here to be used, try to be confused with someone. It's no one. The special boy is only no one. <laughs> Uh, to me, it's more the music. I mean, uh, the lyrics to me almost read like gobbledygook, but there's really? a yearning. <laughs> I mean, it, they're they're okay. It, the, the, their lyrics themselves on their own, uh, divorced of that yearning, uh, just really heartbreaking melody. The way that he tunes his guitar or tuned it at that time was, I believe, and you know, I'm not a muso, but he was tuning it in such a way that pretty much anything he played sounded great. I believe yeah, he tuned yeah. it in fifths. He was tuning it in fifths. So it, uh, everything sounded gorgeously, explosively melodic. Minor, major, didn't matter. It was an explosion of melody and mystery. And they were all chords of inquiry, as Joni Mitchell would call yes, her, right. her detunings. <laughs> That's right. Um, which, like, like these question marks that would hang over everything. And Lou had so much of that. Uh, it's one of the most uh, beautiful and alluring aspects of the record. Yeah, yeah. And I believe I believe the acoustic guitar was a, a four string. I think it just had four strings on it. And he had a, yeah, yeah. a baritone a ukulele that he played on that too. And, and then, yeah, that's basically it. But yeah, the, the fact, the, the limitations and just the way he tuned it. Yeah, he, it, the, the chords are just like gorgeous throughout the whole thing. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, I think that was an intentional thing is to take from, from uh, if I remember correctly, to take out the middle two strings and then tune the guitar in fifths. Uh, so that you'd have to be, uh, you know, it, not necessarily putting Lou down, but you'd also have to be half a moron to not get something beautiful out of it. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm sure there's plenty of people that would get not get something beautiful out of it. So you yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. got to get credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, this next one uh, that uh, we picked to highlight, let's uh, listen to it. We'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, perfect hour. Awesome. You can walk on fire You can talk to the dead You can 
so great and and like we were saying yeah like we appreciate this and love it but there's plenty of people that just wouldn't get it but like were you were were your friends and the people you hung out with was were they kind of on board with things like this or did you have anyone that would just say uh the friends yeah the friends from high school were more eyebrow cocked and the friends from college were fully on board. Right, right, right. I would say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were already finding your own tribe of people that uh, that would get this. Yeah, yeah. At that point, in your early 20s, you've found friends that hopefully understand you. But hopefully you've retained the friends that really know who you are, too. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. But yeah, yeah. And this whole thing, like I said, uh, it was it was turned on to me early on. And, and it is something that you could turn just like I got it by voices. I've turned a lot of people onto them. And, it, and it's just a kind of a learning curve. You got to get past the low fineness of it and just get to the beauty of what's going on. And, and that's kind of great. And, it, and it's also great that not everyone's going to get it. I don't think that, um, I, you know, it honestly doesn't even strike me as music that needs to be accompanied with an apology right because right, i feel right. <laughs> i feel at this i feel at this point people are have or their people's ears have been trained to accept a, an enormous breadth of different styles and forms and shapes uh, and packages of music so hopefully you know it's, i remember in the devil and daniel johnston in that documentary about him they were talking about the process of listening to a tape of his, like, hi, how are you? And all of a sudden, you get it. Wait, hold on one sec. I'm sorry. That's my... That's, <laughs> What's I'm, going on I'm, a di- I'm a diabetic. I'm a type 1 diabetic. Oh, wow. So this is alerting me. Dave, you have, um, you have so much going on, it's, like, unbelievable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't so, make um, light of your diabetes. No, 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 it's fine. It's just another thing to be aware of. Yeah, that's all. Do you, if you have to stop and give yourself like a insulin shot or something, please do it. I don't. Know, I have to give. I don't have to stop and give myself an insulin shot. It's like uh, you know. It's oh, okay. Awesome. Like tying my shoe as I'm talking to you. Okay, great. There's all. I mean, you know. Uh, for example, there's a great example. I just read today that the longest song to ever be in the top 100. Uh, uh, happened today and that's Andre 3000's the first song from his new album which is a, a great record it's like a spiritual jazz record akin to the early 70s like Lonnie Liston Smith and Alice Coltrane just emanating glowing uh, iridescent spiritual jazz and it's almost amelodic almost completely amelodic and it's a it's on the top 100 it's like uh about 15 minutes. I, I, yeah, you know, it's funny. I saw that and I didn't know whether it was true. I said, 
Is that real? Is that true? I couldn't, you know, I can never tell when I see things on uh, online. I never know if they're real or not anymore. <laughs> His record is an hour and a half long and there's no vocals. There's no raps. Oh, there's no rapping. Wow. Yeah. It's fantastic. It really yeah, he, is. He's great. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a true talent. And sure. just like metal machine music, it's both a thing and a gesture. All right. Well, <laughs> right? it is. It is. It's both things. Okay. I'm going to take your word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got another one. And, and again, this one feeding evil. I do. I, I don't know. I mean, I still, I, sometimes I focus, maybe I focus too much on the lyrics, but uh, the really great lyrics in this one, I feel like, uh, yeah, let's just do a little bit of feeding evil. talking about uh i mean it's just so uh it's so nice and it's so mesmerizing yeah it's almost if it wasn't for the psychological torment there that tear <laughs> that tears these songs apart yes. there's almost there's almost the jim croce underpinning to it there's right, a pleasant right. yeah you're right right and yeah. which is and it's, that's why i like it so much more than jim croce because the tension <laughs> Yeah, there is. Well, and and yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about that in, in the way he says, some friends never understand. Weaker friends don't deserve your hand. Um, yeah, st- stretch it deeper till you cry. Wisdom kills me open wide. He's going to be very pleased that you keep quoting his, 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 I'm going to call it, I'm going to call <laughs> it poetry. Be. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, no, he's, it, it, it's like a, I love those concept albums that are concepts conceptual only by you know threading this kind of internal landscape uh, language. It's like a like a search for meaning inside. Right, he's right, a young right, guy. Right. He's casting a spotlight in inside of himself. Yeah, but it's uh, but but it's also it's always astounding me, and it also kind of makes me mad that someone so young. He was really young then too, doing this, and just to have that uh, yeah. br- bravery first of all to put put something like this out and to say, you know, I'm going to put this on a tape and I'm going to sell this. And, uh, and, you know, and it's great. Uh, obviously people get it, you know, people like us get it. You know what? He was using it intentionally <clears throat> as a communication device, as a flare gun. Um, you know, he intentionally did that. And his first, his wife and his first wife was from that, from putting out tapes. Then he started making tapes about her. Right. <laughs> and, you know, there's a whole breadcrumb trail of love songs to her. And then, you know, now he's 
got a much more settled existence. But, you know, this still is like a magnet for people who are, you know, play some kind of role in his life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. And, and yeah, the, the great thing about, I, I feel like something like this is that some kid, some young kid or someone, you know, that was around your age when you discover it could discover this now and get like the same thing out of it again. Yeah. You know, which is great. It's really, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's, it communicates clearly. Yeah. It does. Uh, all right. So we mentioned about some of this uh, sexual confusion, and this is right. Uh, this is right on the nose with that. This song. There's a called, lot of it here. Yeah. yeah. Sexual confusion. <laughs> when there's someone doubting everything you do, it keeps you alive. When there's someone shaking their head at everything you do, it keeps you true. Never learn to feel nothing. about all this it just sounds uh it sounds so like there's not a lot of overthinking going on in these songs you know i feel like <laughs> it's kind of it almost feels like it's pouring out i mean i'm sure it's not like you know in the moment he's coming up with these lyrics but sometimes it, it almost comes across like that like it's just spewing out yeah yeah and and the feeling is so vivid on almost every song i mean there's a, i could point to a couple that don't you know that don't really punch me in the heart right but most of them i mean i would say if i had to think of a number off the top of my head out of the 24 or 23 songs here right. 23 maybe maybe 18 or 19 songs do that for me yeah which and, is and which that's is crazy that's yeah, amazing <laughs> yeah for me yeah yeah most bands struggle to get 10 good songs on a record if they're lucky yeah Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is another uh, kind of heavy one uh, that that's kind of also on the nose. I feel like uh, broken. Let's just do a little bit of broken. Oh yeah. You've been broken for a long time, swallowing what you. Your dirt, so it's dirt you suck. I can't tell. Everyone is really hung up. Who or what they want to fuck? Sex is powerful. Suck and burn your 
<laughs> All right, I gotta say something. That's yeah. not from Weed Forreston. What do you mean? That's that's it's that is the version from Weed Forreston, but it's been remixed with a synth line under it. Um, that that's got to be from something else, from another release, or it was. But that's there's other elements. There's another layer of loose singing as well. Another track of his vocal. Oh, okay. I mean, this. You know yeah. what? I, I downloaded this from their Bandcamp, from the Bandcamp. Oh, okay, release, okay. Uh, they could have swapped it out. So from this the is original their presenting. Version. I'm assuming this is how they Lou wants this presented now, because this is the one that I had to pay for on Bandcamp. <laughs> well, well. I mean, ju- just to let you know, I mean, the original intended version was bereft of a couple of those elements. Right, right, and right, right. and I actually. It's the version I'm used to, but I prefer it. But you didn't really hear the original because you got the release Sebado when it was already called Sebado, right? Because the original was the 100 tape. I didn't get the right, right. I didn't get the cassette, but uh, from what I understand, the CD that I bought, um, which was, I believe, if I remember correctly, it wasn't the full Freedman, but it was like half of the Freedman. After all of Weed Forreston, it was a really good CD, almost like a greatest hits. Oh, right, of right, his early right. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I used to listen to that all the time. I mean, I got my mileage out of that CD. Yeah, my, yeah. My well, friends this, and I. Yeah, this stuff. Like I said, I I didn't. I kind of forgot about it because you know it's been a it's been a long time. But like I said, when I'm going through this, I'm saying, oh God, I know this whole goddamn thing. I know everything on here. Yeah, his abilities as a as a pop songwriter at such an early age, even buried under all this tape hiss, right, is right, so right. readily apparent to me. It's nuts. Well, it really is. It, it's funny. It kind of goes against. It's, it's kind of like it goes against what you were saying because it's like. Like a dino- in a Dinosaur Junior, like at that point, Jay Maskus had no, didn't have time for an, another great. So he doesn't care how great another songwriter is. He's writing the songs in that band, you know. So that's why kind of why Lou had yeah, to yeah. sort of go off and do this. But um, well, yeah. Lou, Lou, Lou gets his George Harrison doled out one or two moments per record. Right, right. And, but it's not. But obviously, know, he could do. You know, there was more. There was so much more in him, and it wasn't. And uh, Jay wasn't going to uh, put up with that. At least at but, that. But you time. know, t- to be to be fair though. The Dinosaur Jr. formula on a record, Lou, more than one or two songs by Lou would tip the scales in a way that would upset that dynamic as a, as, not just as, as the, for the band, as a listener, even as a Lou fan. It's got to be tipped more in Jay's favor. Oh, that's right. What, yeah, it's true because yeah. that's the band. Yeah, that's the band. That's, that's the Dino, dinosaur yeah. we love. And we yeah. we we ended up getting the uh, best of both worlds because we got to have Dinosaur Junior and Sebado. So you know, who's yeah, complaining? yeah. Who's complaining, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the end. You basically picked the last uh, the last five songs because they're because they're great and it's just a great ending. It, it, it ends really strong. Yeah, it does. The la- I was looking at that today when I was looking at the track list and truly the last five songs. That's it. Because yeah. because it comes out of you know a lesser masturbation song. Yes. Pound my pound my skinny head is yeah. not one of the best songs in the record. But then after that, five masterpieces in a row. Right. Masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Believe in Fate is great, but uh we're gonna we're gonna listen to a little bit of Waited Forever, which is uh it's so great. Let's do a little bit One, of Waited two. Forever. Burn my mind. Let's burn some time together. I need the taste of something strange. I won't deny. 
Yeah, this is one of those ones where I'll admit, I'm not sure exactly what it's about, what he's going on, uh, the lyrics, but just the way uh, the way he's singing it and the way it's played, that's what really puts it over the top for me. This exactly. Way. And, you know, the way he's singing it, the whole time that I was listening to it, I really was thinking about the way he's harmonizing because uh, he's not doing a typical split in how he's singing with himself. And the way that he sings, I'm not a professional singer by any means, but I, but I definitely have uh, and currently do sing. And to, I was, when I heard Lou, it threw me onto a whole different course. Lou and Nick Drake, it teaches you to not project. Oh, right, 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 right. There's so much you could do just with the breath of your voice. Yes, that's great. That, that's a great observation Yeah, because you're exactly right. And uh, yeah, th- those are two great examples of that. You know, and Lou is a great reminder of that. And he probably more than anyone, um, you know, not that this means anything because it doesn't. But he probably more than anyone had uh, an influence on my vocal style. Oh, okay. Which the, which, which the tiles in my fucking bathroom can thank I'm him sure for. I'm sure he'll be thrilled to hear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, many mistakes uh, will wait to be made. Let's listen to you a little bit of slightest suggestion. suggestion never believe in the perfect protection there's no peace anywhere it's decided I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> I also I gotta say those sections where you know those uh, they're not guitar solos but those riffs right. that he throws in those sections are in they're mind blowers to me they yeah. I love them they're so affecting yeah they they are and they're simple yet so effective and uh yeah like we said i think it was really i think this thing was uh, sequenced with really great care because we get the uh the last two songs here i feel like are are some of the strongest and especially this one it's so hard to fall in love is is in in, you know in a way it's just like a sweet little uh, you know love song what is love song I don't know. It's 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 great. These last two, I think, are are just so great. But also, keep in mind when you listen to "It's So Hard to Fall in Love," there's a rhythmic component to it that almost sounds Cro-Magnon or Paleolithic, like a stomping, a dumbness to it, like a <laughs> okay, like a self-aware dumbness. Keep that in mind when you hear that this particular song. All right, nice. It's so hard to fall in love.
Yeah, you're right. So simple, but primal, like so primal sounding. There is a primal. Th- it's almost like a g- the gentle caveman. <laughs> yes. And and I will say this song, I would put when I was making mixtapes for people, whatever, for in the 90s, in early 90s, I was this song was going on it. <laughs> and and uh, super chunk to a killer version, too. Yes, yes. And um and and there's a bunch this last one on here there's a bunch of versions and uh, also them too like you said they uh, was covered uh, brand new love was covered by uh, Lee Ronaldo uh, Death Cap for Cutie did a version of it um, and the Sebado versus Helmet EP they they did like mm-hmm. a full band version of it but this still this version for me is just like uh, is is it I think. Yeah, I don't think you can you can get better than it. No, 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 no. It's just it's so affecting. The the it works in any context, and it is one of his best songs. It's it's impossible to to really mess it up. But this version is the the killer. It is. Let's just do a little bit of brand new love. Restless eyes close. Maybe it'll go away. Please rest tomorrow. Bring a satisfied day The restless urge of love that's worth The burning for Surely it's that one consuming Love to give you more Any thought could be The beginning of a brand new Tangled web you're spinning So great. So great, right? It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this was great. Like I said, kind of uh, I was surprised, but but I know it's really it, there's no way anyone could get a handle on on your taste because you're you're kind of all over the place. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you know, with uh, if, as, there's, as, you if there's one quote unquote challenging thing about my show, it's that, uh, you know, I don't like to stay in one lane. I mean, you know, right now we have, for example, uh, the lead guitarist of Testament, then Mike Watt from the Minutemen for three weeks, then Boston, then we have an explosion of Elephant Six stuff. So uh, Olivia Tremor Control, Apples and Stereo, and Mark Robinson from Unrest, then the fucking Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So literally all over the place. And I, I just love music. And if I was just doing like a show about, let's say, for example, about lo-fi artists, I would shoot myself. I'd much rather go to go work somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, awesome. yeah, uh, same with me. I, I, 
I appreciate the fact that this that, that's why when we first when me and uh, my uh, Barry I first I had a partner the first few years with Barry Stock and at first it was just us picking the records and then finally when we started getting guests and they pick records it really opened things up because it just meant oh okay let's uh, and you know I've, I've I've discovered so many records you know new stuff I mean this obviously isn't something this is something I knew and was just reacquainted with love but I. I do discover so much uh, new stuff. There's, you know, there's so, so much goddamn music out there to listen to. I mean, it's uh, it's you'll never reach bottom, and you know, this is for so long now. Music has been almost like a place to inhabit. Like if I, you know, if things are, I find myself in acceptance or in rejection of whatever's happening in my life. Music is always has always been. A thing I've had a relationship with, not just something that's going on in the background, but it's, I'm both taking from it and giving to it. It's a complex relationship. Yeah, I know yeah. you've got the same fucking thing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, starting it sort of re re because I'll tell you, uh, David, uh, just real quick. There was a point when before I started the podcast where I was I, I, I remember it so specifically I was in a I was I was at some bar local bar it was when I was living in South Florida still seeing some a band a friend of mine's band playing the and I'm sitting there and I wasn't really into it I'm thinking you know I don't even know if I even like music anymore. <laughs> But then, but then, uh, you know, starting the podcast, doing it, I realized, oh, no, yeah, of course I do. Of course I love music and it's just a big part of my life. But, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's my mistress. I mean, I'm happily married, but this is my, you know, broad on the side. It, yeah. Well, yeah, really on the side. So. All right. So, yeah, I, I implore everyone. Definitely. Uh, discography. Uh, check it out. I, I, I think fans of uh, this show are definitely going to going to dig it. And uh, uh, if you want to go to patreon.com, uh, Discography, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. And we do, you know, it's a very robust uh, Patreon. It so is robust. It's, it's robust. I almost feel, in a way, I'm like, oh, should I be sending people there? Because it's like, there's so they'll go down this uh, rabbit hole. It's like, when are they going to have time to listen to my show? But there's Well, there's, well, there's well I mean, it's uh, admittedly, it's not for everybody. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of content. Yeah. But at just a base level, you could be a week ahead listening to a director's cut ad-free version of every of every show. Yes. So it, just for that, it's, it's worth it but you know having a, a podcast by and for the community is super cool we have uh, people who have started collaborating as a result of having met up in the facebook group that was always the intention putting that before the needs of the show was always the intention and i'm so psyched that that is starting to happen yeah there's some there's heavy hitters in that group like really famous people and people who are just like whatever just uh you know that's you great even... that's great and everyone is like i'm there's no bullshit in there and everyone gets along no matter if it's billy joel or kraut rock or it doesn't fucking all right matter. well that's good but just be i will just say uh, just be careful though because we had uh, a couple years ago we had a, a fan of the show started a, a facebook group uh, on his own that was you know about us and did it and he ended up being some psychopath that was harassing people and i had to totally block him and everything so just be <laughs> yeah, yeah but but keep in mind can't I'm, <laughs> this is my group yeah so right. I'm that's good yeah keep it in keep it in your don't let someone you do know, a i'm guiding thing. it i'm guiding it and it's it's governed by the tenets of the show okay, uh and you know it's uh the whole ride you know you've been doing this you know uh, about four about three times longer than me 
or twice as long as me or whatever the math is and you know you know it's it can be very gratifying at times it is it is and it's great yeah i, I love uh I, I love all the listeners love all my patrons they're the best yeah you you become like a community and it's just like having a whole bunch of friends new friends and it's great because it's friends you don't you don't have to worry about hanging out with you know you can just what is what is your patreon like i'm super <laughs> curious like what uh, what are the it's different not as robust as yours all right the, the main thing with the page all right let me do my let me do my no, thing no, no, you, it's <laughs> not a comparative thing i'm no, just I real uh, if you want to all right, I, I will. Uh, let me do my little spiel, and then I'll do the Patreon thing. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that work got me high on on X. It's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at trgmh 33 at gmail.com. Our patron, uh, is, the main thing with my uh, patron is that when people become patrons of the show, no matter what level, you go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. They could participate in our patron curated episode, which is really fun. That's the thing. Usually, like once a month, we'll pick a theme, and then it's all done by the patron. Patrons send in their songs, and, and those are really fun. And so that's like the main thing. I, I have a newsletter I do once a month, uh, or once every two months. And uh, like I said, I, I can't do I can't do as much as, as you, David. I'm sorry. I'm I'm older than you, and I just you know. <laughs> I, no, I do what not, I can. Look, this is not a race. I know it's, it's really not a competition. You're. Right. I, listen, I I had a vision for something, and I and no, it's no. something. I, respect mad you have all the mad respect but yeah that's the uh, patron but if you want to become a pa- definitely go check out uh, um, uh, David's uh, podcast and if you're a fan definitely become a patron but if you want to become a patron mine if you're not already go to patreon.com forward slash uh David it was great I, I knew it was going to be really fun having you on yeah this was this was a blast you know this because I'm sure you've been on other podcasts the best thing about this is you don't when you're done you don't have to worry about it you don't have to edit anything or do anything no that's great shit. Right? All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again <laughs> for being on, David. I'm Rob Elba. We'll see you all next week. Bye.